Well, lovely people, welcome to episode number 41 of Friday Froster. And today we're talking about what a steal. Hmm. Okay, so, so the thing, um, who knows what an acronym is? You guys can't do- count because I know you guys know it. Don't you know it? Wait, what is it? What's the word? An acronym. Acronym. Yeah, I know what an acronym is. Okay. Oh All right, so whoever know. knows what an acronym is, I, drop it in the chat. Drop it in the chat, and then when I see the first person, they'll win some prize. I don't know what prize. If they don't have my book <laughs> and they're here locally, I'll send them a book. Um, but I talk about acronyms all the time. They're so much fun, and this one is perfect. I have no idea. Did you post that in the comments? I said, I wonder, who knows what an acronym is? Oh, I want to see. Um, oh, there it is. I, I, see it? It. I wanted to see how it was spelled. Yeah. Me too. Okay. Right. Has, has to have something to do with the synonym. Well, I mean, or similarity, right? So, like uh, a funny version of. No, a word spelled wrong when you use it in a different way. That's my Stephanie. guess. Stephanie. <laughs> What'd you say? Ah. Oh, a person that is regarded as amusingly appropriate to their occupation. I've said this for a long time. The guy who cremated my father, his name was Bill Burns. Ah! I remember you saying, yeah. And oh. Is anyone going to hire someone who handles money with the last name Steele? <laughs> no. No. Okay, I love it. I all these smart people on here. I learned, admittedly, something new today. Robert, maybe you did too, so I don't feel as bad. But I definitely I, learned something new. You are not alone. I I always learn stuff from Kelly. That's why I love Kelly. I know, right? <laughs> all right. So in, in case you guys were wondering, Donna Steele, a Taylorsville, North Carolina worked for Tigra USA since 1990. She started out in the shipping department and then she rose to become the chief executive in the organization. But prosecutors say that starting in 2013, Steele, Donna Steele that is, began to steal (laughs) from the Hickory, North Carolina based company. She pocketed millions, you guys, millions I say. So, you want to know what Donna Steele did? But you know what? Before we talk about what she did this time, apparently she was a serial embezzler. So apparently she had a guilty plea in 1995 for embezzlement. She pleaded, pleaded guilty to stealing $500,000 over a six-month of time from a family-run sign company she worked. She served nearly a year in state prison and was ordered to pay the money back. She also had previous convictions for grand larceny and writing bad texts. By the way, you guys want to see how our young lady looks like? Let's oh, stay here. There she is. Wow. Uh, that's why I, I love this story because it has everything in it. So you've only touched on a few of the things. So far, but it really has a bit of everything of our favorite frauds, doesn't it? Oh boy, does it. It touches on just everything. You know what's interesting to me is that, um, so it says, we are gratified that justice is being done, said Bert Mozer, a member of the family that owns Tigra, who took over as president and CEO. Now, I don't know anything about Bert Mozer personally, but I did work a case a long time ago where it was a German company, a German owner, and he had a U.S.-based business, and he installed a CEO. And, of course, the CEO started spending money that wasn't his. And it's that absentee owner. So while she was the CEO, I mean, I don't, I, I need to dig more into Bert Mozart. And um, I'm thinking that, you know, it's one of these cash cow businesses that they're like, oh, we'll just put a CEO in, and, you know. So I don't know. But interesting to me, like she, she was in North Carolina, right? Uh, this one. Yep. You know, 
I know we're in a fantastic virtual world where we can all work for any company we want across the globe. Like that can definitely be a benefit. But I think what why not bring up that this can also be a risk. Why are we, you know, this whole out of sight, out of mind thing as auditors, I mean, we got to keep that in mind and make sure our organizations and our leaders are not hiring somebody way off somewhere else and they become out of sight, out of mind. So anyway, that's my two cents about that right there. Yeah. Well, I think Stephanie, Stephanie, interesting point. She looks high maintenance. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, Pozo says the woman of steel is pretty. (laughs) And Hal says a serial embezzler or a serial I like Ruby Pebbles if anyone is that. That's what I thought it maybe an aptonym was. So does that have a name where you use the other? Well, I think steel versus steel. I don't know. Anyway. Who thinks she went to Disney? Oh, you know she had to have gone to Disney. She was in Hickory, North Carolina. There's not, not much there. Yeah. True. And I don't, did you give the dollar amount? I mean, this was not one or two million. This was fifteen million dollars. So this it was, this is a couple yeah. Disney's. Yeah. So for some of the fifteen million, here's what they're saying: she was accused of spending over one million dollars on lavish trips, including two hundred and fifty-five k at the Plaza Hotel in New York, which is probably only a couple of nights, right? And and $155,000 at the Ritz-Carlton Kalupa in Hawaii, uh, Kapalua in Hawaii. She also spent $6,800 for a trip to Notre Dame, Virginia Tech football game. She was charged with spending over $200,000 of the company's money to pay for a relative's wedding, $100,000 on cut flowers, you know, because the house has to smell pretty, right? Plus another $100,000 on Gucci clothes and bags. Imagine having $100,000 in Gucci stuff. Anyway, prosecutors also charged Steele with spending over $500,000 on jewelry. I think Stephanie might be onto something with that high maintenance. So (laughs) Steele pleaded guilty on Wednesday in federal court in North Carolina to wire fraud. How? Wire fraud. Not all this other stuff. Yeah. Uh, And he could be 20 years in prison. I think uh-huh. she's going to get the book thrown at her because she is a serial embezzler. So I, I think this time she might be locked up. Okay. So this lady, this lovely, what, Deborah Steele, whatever, whatever her first name was, uh, and Elizabeth Holmes, 20 years, they could, they could bond. Uh, oh. But I, I mean, it's just funny. Isn't it funny? Because I mean, we talk about this a lot. Uh, the amount of time people spend in prison or jail or prison for things like pink collar crimes versus white collar. Uh, interesting. I don't know. Well, and she uh, has yeah. previous convictions, so that's that's not going to help. Um, and it's also it was a family run business that you know. It's, she. I've read one story where it's like you know she wasn't paying vendors. She wasn't. And she kept blaming it on the business, like, you know, it, the business owners. So um, she said she also told them, okay, so the parent company is in Germany. And she would tell the employees that the parent that the parent company was having financial difficulties. And that's so funny because the company, this, the case I worked on many years ago, it was in Germany and it had an office in Portland. And um, that's when, oh, it was such a, interesting case that unfortunately didn't go well but um the ceo in the u.s was tweeting stuff that you know he was taking his family to trailblazer games and he was taking his family to paris and it's like we could show a business expense for trailblazer tickets and then tweets with his family and yeah it was just paying attention yeah so back to absent owner Right. Um, Back to Rob's favorite thing. Um, In this case, it had no segregation of duties. Again, uh, uh, you know, uh, the lying to employees. I made a list. I made a bulleted list on this one. Obviously, previous conviction, we've talked about wire fraud. Hal's favorite, we've talked about. 
I mean, that's why, like, this is like the all around perfect case for Friday. I want to know what kind of car she had. Ooh. Oh, I bet a good one. Ooh. Don't you think? Oh, yeah. You know, she had, she had something like uh, uh, a Mercedes Benz or a Tesla or something like that. You know what? You got to love having people in your circle that are smarter than you. Hal said it's a homophone. That's got a name too, I'm sure, Ralph. But uh, <laughs> Al for that definition, again, we're learning things. Um, and by the way, did everybody, when while we're on the German company theme, did everybody see that the first conviction was made in the wire card fraud, which was Broad Magazine's number two fraud from 2020? So... As far as I know, one of the Wirecard executives is still on the run. They can't find that person. Um, Marcus Braun was in jail and out of jail and released, and I'm not sure where he is, but another executive actually um, finally got, I think, indicted last week or something. So more to come probably on the Wirecard fraud. Um, so what's up with these German companies? Oh, I don't know. Far for Nugent. <laughs> All, right. All right, so... So, so let, let's let's dig into this a little bit because they talk about how she tried to cover her tracks. And so according to court documents, when credit card companies flagged some purchases as suspicious, Steele would tell them that they had been authorized because, well, she was a chief executive in the organization and she also had direct access to the credit card and the credit card companies, right? But because of her lavish spending, the company began experiencing trouble paying vendors and covering its own payroll expenses. And so now company employees also started seeing their charges being denied on their corporate credit cards because of her illegal activity, legitimate charges were being denied. And so to further cover her tracks, that's when they say that she told employees that the German company, as Kelly just said, was having trouble. And she also told them to limit their communications with the parent company in Germany and to hand over their passwords to company computer systems to her. So she got her employees to hand over their passwords to the computer systems. And she was the primary liaison with the bank and with the credit card company. Now, company officials in Germany say that they eventually grew suspicious and they began investigating the situation. And when they discovered the large discrepancies in the books, they then fired Steele and then they contacted the FBI. And that's when the FBI took over. So I read this fantastic book that said, <laughs> Passwords are like toothbrushes. We do not. <laughs> How do I, who is the author of that book? Um, Kelly Pack. She's wearing pink today. I'm more pink. <laughs> Happened to write this fantastic book that everyone needs to read. Um, and hello, common sense. Passwords are like toothbrushes. Anyway, sorry. Kelly plug. <laughs> now, Pal says she and Holmes could have been uh, cellmates. Holmes and Steel, a dynamic duo. Yeah, and then Pozo added movie. Pozo added Crudwell to the list. Perfect. Oh wait, I missed that. Yeah, well, but what? Crudwell's out of jail already, so dang. Yeah, but for how long? <laughs> so, so I'm going to North Carolina this summer, I think, um, to spend time with some cousins, and um, I think I might do this. But you know, Joe and I are talking about a fraud road trip, field trip. Yes. And um, this might have to be part of it. Like, you know, I can go all Kelly Richmond Pope on everyone and just start, you know, making documentaries. I think I think we're going to do like a, fra a, a fraud road trip YouTube. Like, yeah. Follow. Ooh. So if anybody knows anything around Scottsdale, Arizona, because Kelly and I are going to meet there in May, you got to send it our way so that we can do a little, uh, maybe we'll even do Friday Fraudster. From oh, there, because we will be there on Friday. Legend, <laughs> Friday in May. Surely, there are some good crimes that have been committed around the Scottsdale, Arizona area. Well, as Kelly and I were talking about, because Kelly's doing a big keynote there, by the way. Props to Kelly. Um, Thanks she, to Joe. Well, she is speaking to a group who, sadly, is, works a lot with elderly. Um, I spoke for the group last year and I said, Kelly's embezzlement, anything she talks about is perfect for this group because we know how sad some of the cases we've talked about with elder abuse 
have been. They're on, they're on the, you know, our top 10 list of horrible people, right? Horrible humans. So uh, I think it's, it's a perfect, <laughs> so there's gotta be, in other words, there's gotta be a lot of fraud around there. So we're going to fight. Yeah, there has to be. Now, Hal says, what would Elizabeth Holmes do in jail? She could challenge other prisoners to a staring contest. <laughs> I think she's going to start a baritone music group. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now Mark has a really good idea. Interview someone in jail on Friday, Fraudster. You know, yeah. that's actually a really good idea. Do they do Zoom um, inter uh, interviews? Do they allow those from prison nowadays? I mean, oh. I'm sure that's how they talk to their lawyers. I'm so sure they do. And Michelle wants to go to Scottsdale, Arizona. Oh, <laughs> me, me. <laughs> okay. Michelle, we haven't seen you in a while. You're <laughs> on. Scottsdale, Arizona. Okay, so so wait a minute. So let's just, just think about this for just one moment, though. Here's a young lady that started in the shipping department at this company. She worked her way up and became, now I noticed, so a couple of things I noticed. In every article I read, they said she became a chief executive. So I'm assuming she was the CEO, a chief executive officer, I'm assuming. Um, you know, surely she wasn't the chief audit executive. Uh, well, it says somebody took over as CEO, so that makes you think that that's what she was, right? Yeah, but okay. they just keep saying chief executive. But she started off in, in, in the shipping department. She worked her way up. And as she worked her way up, they're saying that they think that they can trace back her criminal activity to 2013 to where she was making fraudulent credit card purchases and she was telling the credit card company that they were okay. But the amounts were so large, surely someone else should have seen something. And I saw Kelly just drop the hashtag in, control freak. So what I'm wondering is where were the checks and balances for the parent company in Germany? Because if she spent $500,000 on, uh, what was that, jewelry or something? What did she spend 500K on? I forgot what I said now. She spent- um, Jewelry, you got it. Jewelry, yeah. 200,000 on a wedding? I mean, how, how, do you, how do you not notice these things? I mean, I get companies are big, but wow. Wow. Yeah. That, there's a there's a huge lapse in oversight for this amount of money to have gone missing. Fifteen million dollars. Um, I don't even know what to say. Uh, Pozo just asked, uh, was she committing fraud in the shipping department too when she started? I mean, we know. I mean, we obviously know the company before this. She was already caught with $500,000. I mean, she probably started pretty soon when she started with this company. I mean, this is, there's no yeah. doubt that she stole something from the shipping department too. Oh yeah, no doubt. Because oh. she already had prior practice. I mean, this was her her job history. Who was stealing. Now, Hal says she was the CFO, the chief fraud officer. If she yeah. were a bank, she could be in charge of the wire department or wire fraud department. Yeah. And we could send her fruit cake. Oh, Hal's on fire today. Hal is really on fire today. He's connected but, all of our Friday fraudsters. I just put a link to the company in the um, chat. This is a big company. Yes. Yeah. This is like, yeah. this isn't some little, you know, look at the factory. It's, it's big. Which does make it sad that she knew she could spend 500K on jewelry and no one would notice, right? Because it is. That big, and but I'm sorry, it doesn't help what the Germans think of the United States. Mm. But why would they hire somebody to run? I don't know. Yes, I agree, but yeah, confusing. Yeah, confusing. Yeah. So Edward says first, how does someone uh have a credit card for that amount? Limit, yeah, that limit. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, sadly, I mean, the company I'm working for right now have up to about a $5 million funding limit. So that's just the world we live in for some of these big public companies. Whoa. So um, this is why we need to uh, be, be auditing our leaders as much as it's hard and we don't want to. You've got to do it. You got to start asking questions of those that work with them continuously. You got to interview people. We've got to stay in. Uh, in the know as auditors, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it, it's the same central themes we have every week, though. And you, you've you already hit them. 
But I think let's talk about them again. Segregation of duties. Apparently, this woman had access to the bank account and the credit card accounts, and she was the primary contact for those different institutions. She was the chief executive, I'm assuming chief executive officer for the organization. So she was the CEO, which leads me to question, where was the CFO? So was she the CEO and CFO? Hence the reason she had all of this authority. Um, or the CFO was what I call a lapdog in my presentations, like an Andy Fastow who just does what their CEO says. Yes, yes. Sadly, that's what happens at these wire card, other type of institutions, right? They just get go along with it. Yeah. And so I don't know who this is. I think this is Stephanie. Oh, no, this is Sal. Okay. Sal. Sal says the accounting department usually does a monthly profit and loss analysis. Yes. And, you know, so Sal, I don't know if you just joined, but apparently when the company started doing bad, she told the employees that the parent company was actually doing bad and had financial issues. And that was the problem. I have a question there. Like we talk all the time about wanting people to speak up, right? I mean, like Rob, that's one of our things, right? Silence is not golden. That's one of my, my mottos. And especially for auditors, obviously people were noticing. How easy is it for somebody to do research to just find out independently if our parent company is doing bad? Ask other people. You know, I think it. what's sad to me is that we do have such a blind spot to leaders that we take whatever they say, just like the Elizabeth Holmes, just like, you know, everybody believed her, the investors believed her, the people that worked for her somewhat believed her. But we either look the other way, we have a blind spot, um, and we don't ask more questions. So they need to hire Rob, right? To start to training, train these employees to do your own research, ask your own questions, you know, find out for yourself. Don't just, you know, take what someone tells you at face value. That is in our society today, a very dangerous thing to do. Very well, dangerous. Here's the other thing that happens too. When people have good jobs in fairly small towns, they feel trapped and feel like their options are limited and they allow someone else to move their moral compass. I say, do not ever let anyone else move your moral compass. If it's pointed in the right direction, you need to keep it moving. I don't care what the other circumstances are. Life might get bad for you for a short period of time, but once you let your morals and ethics go, you can never get those back. So like I always say, if you see something, say something. Surely people saw something, but but I, I can just imagine it. What other kind of job am I going to get in this small town? They pay me very well. My house is here. My kids are here. My grandkids are here. My church members are here. My golf course is here. Everything that I love is here. So I'm not going to say anything, but consequences have consequences. If, if there's one positive that's coming out of our more virtual environment and more virtual job environment, I hope it is that people see that they can stay in their small towns, they can stay in their familiar environments and still find employment somewhere yeah. else. So I really hope that is a positive uh, that comes out of this. And Kelly, can you just get on your soapbox about what everybody needs to have in their back pocket? <laughs> well, it's the FU fund. Yep. It's, Let me, the, it's the walk away fund. You have to have it. I just, I mean, and I just saw a statistic from um, a recruiter in the investigation space. It used to be one out of 67 jobs was remote. Now she's seen one out of, I believe, seven jobs being able to be remote. So there are possibilities. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay. Get, All right. It's got a fraud joke. What is it? Gabe said he has a fraud joke. What is the difference between Santa Claus and voter fraud? Oh my God. All right, Gabe. We have taken the bait. We have bidden. Now I we've got to guess, but I don't I don't know if I want to say my guess. So That's I what I was thinking. <laughs> One is a childish fantasy about getting uh, what you want. The other has flying reindeer. <laughs> Maybe we should um, solicit fraud jokes. This could be a fun episode. There's got to be more out there. Oh, yeah. 
That's it. one of my hashtags is fraud humor. There's, oh, that's right. That's right. We remember is. things more when it's funny. And, you know, it's the, it's humor is a way that we deal with emotion. Well, that's why I call myself the really short whistleblower when I was little, when I just was a plain old tattletale. And by the way, Kelly, can I share what you sent yesterday real quick before I have to jump off about yeah. So Kelly shared this awesome thing with me yesterday. Uh, it's a quote. Okay. It's from Laura Dern. She's an actress, right? Kelly, Laura Dern. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Big actress. She's very pretty, by the way. Um, okay. Many of us were taught not to tattle. It was a culture of silencing and that was normalized. I urge all of us not only to support survivors and bystanders, bystanders who are brave enough to tell their truth, but to promote restorative justice. May we also please protect and employ them. May we teach our children that speaking out without the fear of retribution is our culture's new North Star. I was like, I get chills. Like I told Kelly to post it on LinkedIn, but she didn't. So we, I might have to post it and I'll tag you guys in it. But that is my new favorite. Look, you already know that that's going to be an audiogram now, right? Oh, good. Okay. Maybe yeah, I, I mean... Maybe I, I kind of goofed. Maybe I should read it again. No, I got to go, you guys. I have a one a one thirty my time meeting. It was great to be with you. I love this story. Um, yes, Pozo. I will um, actually. I will post this quote in the comments right now. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye, Joe. Bye, see ya. So Michelle has a joke, and she says, "Did you hear about the bird that was attacked?" <laughs> it was a feathered. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> now gabe said he just got the email webinar on how to avoid frauds is cats <laughs> then he says the fee is non-refundable oh my goodness this is this is this is going nowhere fast or somewhere fast or everywhere fast you know, the other interesting thing about this story is she opened a business called, which is just ironic, um, Opulence by Steel, I think. Yeah, op Opulence by Steel. And you're a CEO. How many CEOs can really do two full-time jobs? I mean, okay, just to go to Scott Galloway, that's why Jack Dorsey left Twitter because he was only working there 10% of the time and he used to harp on him. But like, it's just, you know... I, was she was she absentee also? So I, I think that um, I think that G the German headquarters probably got a tip from an employee. Yeah, and then they started digging. Yeah, hopefully someone did say something. Uh, now Edward says, "What what is the difference between police and an auditor from an auditee's perspective?" Uh, none. A joke or just serious? <laughs> <laughs> there is no difference. Uh, the police are nicer. Three jobs. Oh, hell, so true. Three jobs. Yeah, that is right. kind of perfect. So, Edward, what's the punchline? Uh, I'm guessing it's the police are nicer. Yeah, hell, he makes a good point. Three jobs, stealing 15 million dollars is a full time job. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's real interesting how she used the money to start her own company. So to your point, how much was she actually working in the business? And, you know, it really should have tipped employees off when she asked them to give, when she asked them to give her their passwords. I mean, how else are they going to do their jobs without their own passwords? So I think you're right. It probably was a tip because um, how else do you find all of this mess? $15 million. I just, and it's a lot you know, of yeah, well, in the tax free, tax free. Oh yeah, you're right. Now I wonder if the IRS got it for not paying taxes on it. They probably will. <laughs> All right. So if you missed it, you guys, we were talking about Donna Steele of Taylorsville, North Carolina, who stole over $15 million from her company. She was the chief executive officer, we believe. And she did some really interesting things like um, she told employees to give them her usernames and pass their usernames and passwords. 
She also uh, told the credit card company when they called to ask about some fraudulent charges that those charges were okay. And uh, she opened up a business uh, with some of the stolen money. She bought half a million dollars worth of jewelry. She funded a friend's wedding. She bought $100,000 worth of something else that I've forgotten right now. Flowers. Uh, Cut flowers. That's right. Flowers. She had over a million dollars in lavish trips. She went to New York and Hawaii, staying at the Ritz-Carlton in Hawaii. So, um, but, but much like many of our cases, segregation of duties, too much trust in one employee, and just no follow-up on anything. And, and, and the biggest part is she had prior convictions um, for, uh, embezzlement and i think larceny was the other yeah thing. she had like stolen five hundred thousand dollars over a six-month period from a family-run sign company in 1985 that's 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 some you know big yeah. cabbage as scott Galloway would say it's cabbage 500k big cabbage over six months yeah. you know and um, she spent over a year in prison which means she got a lot of practice though right she, she i mean between 1995 and and, and now she got a lot of practice in so that she could fine tune her craft. She just, you know, <clears throat> she had one slip up and she got caught. <clears throat> that was the control override. Maybe I can go visit her in prison. Maybe she'll be in prison by August. Ooh, maybe, maybe. That would be fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, and this will be, you know, like a repeat visit for her. So, I mean, it'll be like- Well, but this is federal know. before she did state. So she's going to go to Camp Cupcake. Uh, yeah. 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 But are federal prisons really still Camp Cupcake? Because nowadays they have, I think I think it's a little different now. Maybe. We'll have to it's going to be nicer than a prison in North Carolina, than a state-run prison in North Carolina, I'm going to say. True, true, so, true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I will definitely agree with that. So you guys, and, here's, what, here's what we'll say. Oh, go ahead, Kelly. Well, and just the whole high maintenance thing. Okay, so does anyone know how you pluck your eyebrows when you're in prison? I learned this when I was a special agent. This is fascinating. A high maintenance person is going to be a really hard time in prison without, you know, waxes and Botox and, you know. Um, so does anyone know how to do it? Pluck your eyebrows yeah. in prison. What, with like uh, dental floss? No, it's with pencil erasers. Oh, God, that sounds painful. Yeah. I learned that from a woman that became a cooperating witness. And we were out to have lunch one day and we were curious. And so she was like, oh, Michelle, that was a good guess, but it was pencil erasers and it stuck to me every time when I use my tweezer, man, I'm like... I'm so happy I have a tweezer man. <laughs> huh. Learn something, that's another fun thing. That sounds so incredibly painful. <laughs> I, I I just I couldn't imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So high maintenance is gonna have a really hard time. Well, you know what? So I, I've got one more thing. Apparently, she wasn't always high maintenance. You wanna see her high school? Picture? Oh, God. A high school picture. Oh, what a nice, cute young girl. Right? What happened? What happened? <laughs> that shirt, Something it has some pink in it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... What What was... Again... Oh, so I, I, okay, shout out for Great Women in Fraud on Tuesday. I have Celia Anaskovich who did Fruitcake Fraud, and she just dropped the first of her Mafia tapes this week. So she's got a new podcast called Mafia Tapes. Um, but Celia Anaskovich is going to be on Great Women in Fraud, and her whole thing is about the story behind the fraud. It's not the money. It's... It's the story, and, and she goes in and talks about the grayness. So um, they're always great episodes, but 
Celia gives me hope for the future too. Cause I mean, she says she's old, she's 30. Um, her, I, what, yeah, I know. Um, I could be her mother. Um, so <laughs> easily be her mother. Um, but she's really good. The episode is really good. And she's got this new podcast coming out or dropping on Mondays called, um, Mafia tapes. I'll, I'll drop it in the chat. Yeah, please do. Cause that would be very interesting. You know, there, there are a lot of really good podcasts out there nowadays. that give us really good information. Uh, yeah, this is just and can keep us on our toes and learning. I don't know what I did before without podcasts. I don't think I did anything. Tell me about it. My television watching has gone down tremendously. You oh, yeah. podcast, uh, that's just it for me. And I'm I'm really happy that I don't have to watch some of the junk that's on television nowadays. But I will say, I'm amazed at the criminals that we have on the Friday Froster each and every week. Um, I'm, I'm waiting for one that's really, really, really sophisticated. No. no. <laughs> uh, that's what I have to get out of business. When they start doing it into, you know, crypto and all that sort of stuff, I, I just, that's when I'm done. That's when I'm going to sign out. Um, yeah. Shelby, a bookkeeper. Actually, there is a guy who took PPP money, and I think he's in Oregon. Um, and he bought Tesla stock and made just boatloads of money. Wow. Well, um, remember, we did have the one guy in Florida who bought uh, some cryptos uh, uh, um, with some of the money he stole. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to say with the average low level, medium level employee, they're not doing it to buy crypto. They're doing it to, you know, go to Disney. Crypto makes your head spin. Yeah, it makes my head spin. Crypto, Dan, get ready. Here it comes. Oh, I know. I know. Yes, it is coming. The government is trying to figure out a way to actually control it and kind of run it like the central bank. So, yeah, it is coming. And yeah, and that's Stephanie that says crypto makes her head spin. Yes. Dan, eyebrows should be the least of their worries. Yeah, well, and she's high maintenance. And I think she's, yeah, I, I, I'm going with she's not a nice person. Nah, she can't be. But I'm still wondering, how did this turn into this? Like FOMO? <laughs> yeah. What happened? This looks like such a sweet young girl. And, and you know, yeah. $15 yeah. Yeah. We get to see the Kardashians and we think that we deserve it. Mm. Yeah. And I says the new New York City mayor wanted his first three paychecks in crypto. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, dear, dear. So there hasn't, um, Hal said she went wrong and blamed her version of Bill Balwani. It doesn't say anything about her husband or her family. I'm sure we'll, we will, we will keep you posted when I find her husband and her family. Her yeah, ex -husband. I the look. It's going to be an ex-husband. Yeah, Pozo asked, was she married? Where did the last name, where did the last name change come from? Um... Yeah. I was guessing that she was divorced. But didn't it? Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, I just. Uh, well, so. because it also makes you wonder. A chief executive is making good money. So why would you need to steal so much? There, what, what would be the motive behind that? Uh, lavish lifestyle, some past due bills. Yeah, but that's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. And I couldn't I find how much she was making either. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it says company officials in Germany eventually grew suspicious and began investigating and discovered large discrepancies in the firm's books. Okay, okay so again, I'm not an accountant, but... Like, did they never look at the books before or did they like, um, where were the accountants? Where were the taxes? And actually that case that I talk about that I did with a German company, 
that's how their gig was found out was the guy started not paying taxes in the U.S. And the Germans got a notice that, you know, hey, you're a little late on your taxes. Um, so, like, there are some businesses that are really, really profitable, and you just don't notice holes like that. But if they had outside accountants, I, I, they should be fired. And you know, I say and that to me. I know the engagement doesn't say we look for fraud or anything, but that amount of money, a bells and whistles should have been going off. It should have been, but I'll tell you, here's what happens a lot. You have a large parent company with a subsidiary that, for all practical purposes, for us, is a large dollar amount, but to them, it's small. I worked for one organization. We had a small, small, I say small, we had a small subsidiary, and I, I was at the company for about six months, and I started looking at the books. I was, well, I, hell, I'll say it. Anyway, I was the director of socks for this bank, and I started looking at one of the subsidiaries, and something just didn't look right. I was looking at their goodwill figure on the books. And this small subsidiary in Mississippi accounted for about 60% of the goodwill for the entire company. And this was a $5 billion company. And we're talking about a $20 million subsidiary. And I was like, wait a minute, this isn't right. So I, I went to the external auditors and I won't say which one of the big four they were at that point. So I go to the externals and I say, look, you guys, something's not right with this. We need to look into this. So they tell me it's okay. It's below their materiality threshold. Started looking at it. And eventually we had to write that goodwill off for that company because there was no basis for it. Now, when we had to write that goodwill off, it was at a very bad time for us, where we already had a bad quarter because we had to write off some other stuff. And then we eventually went out of business as a bank. Um, but I think a lot of times the accounting firms try to use materiality uh, as a whole for the entire company without thinking, okay, let's just use some common sense here and think about it from the standpoint of the company as a whole, but also this individual subsidiary as well. Uh, I'll never forget that though. That goodwill just stuck out to me and I, I just, it just didn't seem right. And I'd only been there a few months. Um, but yeah, oftentimes they get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want to see if it was a hockey stick. It probably was a hockey stick, but maybe it just started way up here. And she, what she's like, oh, I'm just going for it. Um, <laughs> she probably so. did just go for it. I mean, I, I, what do you say with stuff like this? When you walk, I, you know what's funny too? When she started off in the shipping area, she probably could tell that there was no segregation of duties or anything like that. Because the other thing I couldn't find was her uh, educational background or previous experience that would warrant her being the CEO. I understand she worked her way up from shipping, but what other experience did you have at other organizations? Because she had been in the workforce for quite some time at this point. Uh, but I couldn't find much about her background. Um, so she may have actually charmed her way to the top. Trust is not an internal control. And of course, she couldn't start as a CFO because she had been in prison. <laughs> that's, so, you know, that's where you do background investigations, top to bottom. Like, you're, you know, you need to be consistent. Okay, Donna is believed to be married to Timothy Sean Steele. Okay, Hal, go for it. Who's Timothy? Is he 100 or is he 25? <laughs> Dan is funny. Dan said charmed. Yeah, Dan, I said ch charmed. I mean, <laughs> but yeah. And that, I mean, when I was a special agent, we had to have background checks redone every five years. So, um, maybe when you move up, you have a background. Like, I'm not a lawyer. But all I know is you need to be consistent. And yeah, transactional promotion. Oh, Pozo, I'm scared. I can't go there with that one. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm not getting canceled, Pozo. But I could. So, so Robert's telling something. Yes, I am. So, Timothy... Um, 
it looks like he may work for a construction company, Steel's construction company. So it looks like he may have his own construction company as of March of last year. That's what I'm showing. Um, I who knows. Now, Pozo, you're just so wrong. Pozo says a transactional promotion. <laughs> That's where I'm not going, Pozo. You're not getting me in trouble today, Pozo. <laughs> <laughs> she says, don't do it. Don't get canceled. Uh, Great minds think alike. Look, speaking of getting canceled, if you look at one of my uh, audiograms from today, it is about one of my... Um, um, one of my other shows, uh, Good Morning LinkedIn, we talked about cancel culture, and one of my audiograms today talks about cancel culture. Um, and Hal says, yes, that's what he found, uh, Steel's Construction LLC. Yeah, and I couldn't find anything else about <clears throat> who he was married to or anything like that, but it does make you wonder. Th that's such a large dollar amount for one person. So let's just say if she was single, and unmarried that's a large dollar amount and then who was she taking on these lavish vacations with her because surely she wasn't going by herself so maybe her family or husband and kids or maybe her girlfriends or maybe she was going by herself but that's a lot of money to be spending in the ritz carlton in hawaii um it's a lot i mean it's hard to like when i travel and I see someone who um, I will say is a master of the universe. I'm like, huh, I wonder what they do. Um, but like, I mean, I'm friends with some people that are very, very successful and they don't think twice about it. Whereas like, I don't let my kids order room service. Like, I mean, they're adults now. So if they want to, they can, but they're paying for it. Um, so, but when you, when you see these flashy, flashy people, you're like, Oh my gosh. And this guy on LinkedIn, I can't think of his name, JJ something. There's the hush puppy guy who just got busted. And when you see that amount of bling, I just know the people that I know that are uber wealthy, they are very discreet in their wealth. Yes. Oh, okay. So Timothy. Yeah. Oculus. Timothy. If I were, if I were them, I would be going after Timothy. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I would I you know, I had a case where the boyfriend, the grand jury wanted to indict and we couldn't prove it, but it was a boyfriend and it was nowhere near that amount of money. But in a case like this, you know, the FBI, okay, low-hanging fruit. All they have to do is, you know, arrest him to get cooperation out of her. Unless maybe they don't have a good marriage anymore. True, true. Well, so guys, if you would like to sponsor or advertise on the Friday Froster, drop me an email. I think we're going to have our first advertiser on next week. Maybe a Tigra could do it. <laughs> they got plenty of money now because no, it's not being thrown out the back door. Well, and I'm sure she had to pay the $15 million back and she paid every penny of it back. Yeah, no, not I'm exactly. So sure. Yeah, maybe Tigra, maybe we could get sponsorships from businesses that have been embezzled. Ooh. And yeah, that would be, maybe that's a business model because now they have all this money once they stop paying the attorneys. <laughs> so, I mean. Oh, that is hilarious. So, all right, guys, this has been another episode of the Friday Froster, episode number 41. What a steal. She stole $15 million from her organization. I, we're just baffled. Again, segregation of duties. Trust was a control. Uh, no background checks on someone who had a criminal history as far back as 1995. Spent over a year in jail. And she asked her employees for their usernames and passwords to computer systems. It doesn't seem like a good person. And... If you guys see any stories you want us to talk about on the Friday Froster, send them to us. We like getting stories because it lessens the load on us. 
fraud survivor sponsorship. Oh my! I mean, there's a joke that I wanted to start like an AA group for fraud survivors. Like we, we don't need one. Fraud survivors. There's the White yeah. Collar Wives Project. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh wow! You know, I had said this on uh, I think my show this morning though. For whistleblowers too, you need some sort of support group, some sort of um, some sort of group where there are funds that are put aside for whistleblowers because oftentimes when they blow the whistle, they are ostracized from their friends, family, and from the workforce for some period of time until, especially until the truth comes out. And if the truth never comes out, they're ostracized. So there really should be some sort of fund for whistleblowers so that they can survive from the time they whistleblow until the time they straighten their life out. Imagine, um, what's her name? Uh, why am I forgetting her name now from, um, um, Worldcom, um, Cynthia Cooper. Imagine Cynthia Cooper, the work that she did took her entire company down. So she no longer had a job because she did the right thing and blew the whistle. And it took her a little bit of time to get on the speaking circuit, which she's making good money now on the speaking circuit because she's good and her story is great. But, you know, just think about all that time in between. Yeah. Well, um, Tyler Schultz and Erica Chung have a group that they're doing. Um, and then there's also Whistleblower Aid, I believe. Um, but it's a really lonely and also dangerous world um, to become a whistleblower. We, yeah, it's, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. It truly, truly is. Well, all right, guys. I think we beat this one to death. We know this lady. This is horrible. Otters, What's the lower level something like that? See? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I like that. For a wellness fund. Yeah. 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 You know, Hal brings up a good point, too. Two paths to a speaking circuit. Whistleblow or commit the corporate fraud. Yeah. And that's sad for the... Well, for both of them, you know, but um, yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you guys next week.